Welcome to an inspirational message recorded live at Little Falls Christian Centre. It is because of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Saviour. And yes, Father, we pray that even in this evening that you will bless us with the boldness to shout Jesus on the mountains and Jesus in the streets. And we pray that your Holy Spirit will fill us with such an anointing, Lord, that you will never be the same because we cannot be silent of that which is in us, which is the power of your Holy Spirit. And now I pray, Father, that in the name of Jesus, your Spirit, present here, will minister to each and every single person that you may be lifted up, that every life will be touched and changed, and that we will be transformed and be more into the image of our Lord Jesus Christ and in His likeness. Father, we honor you and we glorify you. And we give it all over to you. And we ask this in the name above every other name, the Prince of Peace, the Lord Jesus Christ, our Savior. And all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. Thank you, everyone. And you may be seated. And it is really wonderful to see all of you once again. You are the ones who listened when I said you should not come in the morning, you should come in the evening. So give God a praise offering for that, for being here. And I do believe that you will be blessed with tonight's message because it is God's message. We can never take credit for what God reveals and shows through us to give unto you because it is for you from God. And you know, in doing so, it is tonight, the last Sunday evening of the year. And when you look back at the year in 2021, it is always good to go back and look at what the Lord has done for you and what He said and where your life is at this moment right now because it will have a direct impact of where you will be going. So God's Word encourages us to do this because it says here in the book of Psalm 77 verse 11, but then I recall all that you have done, O Lord, and I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. And then in Psalm 143, verse 5, it is said, I remember the days of old, and I meditate on all your works. I muse on the work of your hands. And in doing so, I thought it is appropriate for us to let's look at a few things that were said by Pastor Harold at the New Year's Eve service last year, 2020 for 2021. And there are just a few things that I would like to highlight to refresh your and my memory to see what God has done, where He is taking us, and where we are headed towards. So a few things I would just like to mention. This is obviously not everything, but a few critical pointers I would like to just highlight. Firstly, it was said that this year will be the year of the manifestation or the preparation of the manifestation of the Messiah, and it has begun spiritually. This year, it is said, would be the year of evangelism, the year of the harvest. Then it was also said that the church has compromised and must repent. The things which God calls wrong, we can't call that right. The church must change. The body of Christ must change. The church must repent. Then there are those who preach 
and go around as prophets, and this is what was said, and they do so for their own gain to make money. They merchandise the kingdom of God. And you would know many of them are coming to the fore, and God is revealing to us these false teachers of the times in which we are in. And you should not be afraid because God forewarned us about this in his word. Then another few points it was saying, it was said, those who have stolen and who have robbed. In other words, those embroiled and involved in crime. It says, God has smitten them of those who have gained unjustly and he has smitten them with a plague. God is coming for the criminals and those who are robbing and stealing. And how comforting that is to know. It's not your battle, it is God's, but we pray against that always. It says here, the judgment, the wrath, and the anger of God has gone out from the presence of God. It is also said that wickedness will be exposed and God will judge. Will judge. And lastly, it was, say, it was said that the economy of South Africa will be blessed because of the righteous prayers of the righteous ones. And in this, we can take courage. And you can see what has happened so far during the course of the year and what God is busy doing uh, over our nation and in each one of our lives. But that was said about the things that were to come. Look at what is happening right now wherever we are. And you have to keep your eyes upon what is happening in Israel because God still speaks through Israel. He speaks to the world through Israel. Israel is the lens through which we should look because if you see what's happening there, you will see how prophecy is unfolding and the promises of God because they are still God's people. Crime, corruption, you will find everywhere. But watch what is happening in Israel. Keep your eyes upon Israel because it tells us how close the coming of our Messiah is. It tells us of the rebellion and the uprising and the discontent that is happening in the world, but it starts there with Israel. And this uprising has been spoken of in God's word. God's word makes it very clear. He says, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, father against son, son against father, mother against daughter and daughter against a mother, and so on and so on. Watch what is happening in Israel and look at the nations around them, how it impacts your world. Because through this, you will come to know what God says and what he tells us of the things which are to come. Looking back then at 2021, on this last Sunday evening, you can see then, and clearly you can see, having a sober reminder of how far the night is spent and how close the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ is. In fact, 2 Timothy 4 verses 3 to 4 says this, For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions, and they will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. 
Billy Graham tells the story in the 1990s in South California, in one of the towns, there was a tropical storm. Great devastation happened, and his grandson went out to help, giving food, giving drinks, and arriving there, he saw on the top of one of the houses these following words, considering all that devastation, the chaos and the flooding and everything. On top of one house, these were the words, okay, God, you've got our attention. What now? What is it that you need to do? What is it that you need to do from this day going forward? pertaining to those things which are about to happen and taking place. Because the world is not getting better, you know. And it is not going to get better as time goes on. This word confirms this. But God has never been about the world. He's been about you. He's always had his eye upon you. And you must know that he will never take his eye off you. And in doing this, we are reminded that God is so involved in our past, in our present and in our future. And now, I want to get to the foundational text for this evening. And it is found in the book of Matthew, chapter 1. I'm reading just a few verses, and I'll go to chapter 2, also a few verses. So you can read with me if you'd like. Otherwise, just listen. And it will be out of Matthew, chapter 1, verse 20 and 21. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying... Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Then Matthew 2, just the following chapter, verse 13 and 14. Verse 13 and 14, chapter 2 of Matthew. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night, and he departed for Egypt. And in the last two verses, also the same chapter, Matthew 2, verses 19 and 20. Now when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the young child's life are dead. Now, there's very little spoken of or preached about Joseph. Whenever Joseph is mentioned, there is always the association made concerning the nativity scene um, the birth of Jesus Christ. And even at that, there's so much more said and preached about Mary, about the wise men, about the three gifts, and about the star that they follow, but very seldom about Joseph. But tonight is Joseph's time, because I want to show to you what God showed me. And God's word is so profound, because when you search the scriptures, they speak of Jesus Christ in each and every single way. We just need to meditate on it, just need to delve and research, and God will show us the way. Because when we read this about Joseph, there's one thing that stands out, and I think by, all, by now all of you would know. An angel of the Lord appeared to him three times. Three times an angel appeared to Joseph in a dream. I think all of us would settle just for one. But he had three, three times God speaks to him 
through an angel. And all three visitations of that angel speaks of one theme, one word, leave. In the first dream, it says, don't leave your wife. In the second dream, it says, leave from here and go to Egypt. And in the third dream, it says, leave and return to the land of Israel. And it is this which I want to share with you tonight. Because in this, God speaks to us about Joseph. He speaks to us about us, now where we are. And he also speaks about the coming Messiah. All through these three dreams. And you'll come to know it. So if we just look at the obvious that we've just read. Here is, in the first dream, God instructs Joseph, you must depart from here. But Joe, uh, sorry, not, not, not to leave his wife. Because Joseph was thinking of divorcing his wife. And God says not so. God honors covenant. And this is God's covenant. God said not so. And all of this happened so that scripture could be fulfilled. Because Joseph was called the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's called the biological father. No, he's called the legal father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And God speaks here of the permanence of covenant. He tells Joseph, you will not divorce, you will not separate, you will not leave. Because God is a covenant God. And scripture is fulfilled in that. Secondly, when Joseph now moves unto Egypt, it had to be done. Because scripture had to be fulfilled once again. Because God says, I have called my son out of Egypt. Joseph had to flee with our Lord Jesus and with Mary because Herod wanted to kill him. The devil wanted to kill Jesus. That became the theme of his life here on earth. The enemy always wanted to kill Jesus. Because scripture says that Jesus would die in the flesh. And the enemy wanted to stop that. And wanted to do. He, the devil, thought he would be the one who brings this prophecy to fulfillment. No, Jesus Christ was always going to die in the flesh. By his terms, he would sacrifice himself. He was not going to be killed or murdered. He would sacrifice his life to bring into fulfillment what Scripture would say, that the price and the penalty of sin would be paid and be upon him so that we could be reconciled with God. When, yes, let's give God a praise offering. When we do it, we do it the proper way because he's worthy of it. Amen. Thirdly, Joseph now is instructed in the third dream to return, not going back to Bethlehem, but going to Nazareth. Once again, that scripture could be fulfilled because Jesus would be called the Nazarene. And from there, he would also preach and they would reject him. Remember, they almost pushed him over a cliff because they did not accept the preaching when he said, today, this scripture is fulfilled. Once again, scripture must be fulfilled because it is also written then. He came unto his own and they received him not. That is just the natural side of things of how it pertains to Joseph. But now, let's look at how it pertains to you. Because through these three dreams, God speaks to you. He speaks to me in the hour that we are in. When Once again, when we look at Joseph, when Joseph was told not to divorce and depart from his wife, God says to all of us in the hour that we are in, do not divorce from me. Do not break covenant with me. Many people have thought of doing that. Many people have been challenged 
to depart from God. And this world makes it very easy for us to do that. You don't have to look far to see how easy the world presents you with an opportunity to divorce yourself from God. They go out in the world and they say, you must go and look after yourself, equip yourself, educate yourself, become knowledgeable because it is about you. Nobody's gonna take care of you. It's all you and about yourself. The world says, you don't tithe. You must not give your finances. We live in economic difficulty. You must be cautious and careful over that which you have. Hold on to it because times are difficult. The world says the Bible is archaic. In other words, it doesn't apply to modern day anymore. It has to be rewritten because it is old and doesn't apply today. The world says we must go on and have relationships of sexual nature outside of marriage. Unsolicited sex is granted, is promoted, and is spoken of everywhere in this world. And that which was destined for marriage is totally ignored. In fact, they're rewriting what marriage should be like, contrary to what God's Word says. The world is full of this. The world says, oh, don't worry, you can sin because you are covered by grace. People abuse grace. The world says, in it all, I have once confessed that I am, a, that I'm, that I'm saved, that I've confessed Jesus Christ. Now I live in whatever way I mean, but you know what? Once saved, always saved, you know? And the world says, in all of this, don't worry because God loves you. What nonsense this world is teaching us. Woe unto them because they will suffer the wrath of God when they abuse what God has said in his word. God will never bless what he prohibits and what he says is no in his word. God loves you, that is for sure, but he does not love what you do. God's love does not save you. God's love open up your heart and your eyes to see that salvation comes through Jesus Christ alone and that if you divorce from that, you will go to one place only and that is hell. There's nothing to sugarcoat this. It is what it is and it, as they said, it ain't what it ain't. This is what the world says. Let's depart from God. Separate because this world has got so much more to offer us. We must stop fooling ourselves with all of this. Galatians 5, 19 to 21 tells us this. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, quarreling, and jealousy. And there's a whole host of things. And then verse 21 says this. Listen. If anything, listen to this. Let me tell you again as I have before that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. You will not inherit the kingdom of God. You are the bride of Christ. A price was paid so that you could become the bride of Christ. Do not, in the hour that we are in, divorce yourself from God. But I want to say also, take courage in all of this, those of you who have been there, who are contemplating this, they were going through difficult times and thinking that you want to give up because in the Bible there are many such examples. People who hit themselves and run away. Adam, from the beginning, when he sinned, he hid himself from God in the Garden of Eden. Jeremiah said he was too young and he wanted to run away. Abram said he was too old and it couldn't be done. Elijah ran, Jonah ran. And the 12 disciples left Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Here in Scripture, John 6, verses 66 to 67 says this. 
after Jesus had addressed the crowd, he says, after this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the 12, do you want to go away as well? God's covenant that he has with you, precious child of God, is one based on better promises. It is paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ and by his body. Don't you divorce yourself in the hour that you are in, in respect of what's happening in this world. The second um, part of the dream where Joseph leaves and goes to Egypt, where God speaks to you for now, is this. Arise and go. Joseph took Jesus and Mary with him because there was evil lurking. They wanted to kill them. That which is causing you to walk away from God that will result in your death, you need to arise and go and get away from it. You need to get away from that which is holding you away from God. This is the instruction that God gives us. You know, I still remember the very day I have it in my, in my spirit, I can see it, yeah, living in a house in Struben's Valley, the day when God said to me, today, you will not put any alcohol over your lips ever again. I wasn't even properly saved at the time, but I knew it was God. I knew, I went to my wife and said to her, this is what was said, and she said, well, you know what you have to do. And here I started going. I took all the bottles of wine that I have because I collected wine. I loved drinking wine at the time. So I put a bunch here and said, well, this is gonna be for my dad, a bunch here, this will be for my father-in-law, these will be for all the friends that I have. And my wife said to me, it's not what God says. You can't lead others into temptation when God says to you, you must stop. And immediately I went, and our kitchen sink became a brewery for the next day. That's how it smelled. I think the neighbors thought these are crazy people because they don't party and drink, they do it quietly because it smells like a lot of alcohols going on there. But I never looked back from that day and I never hesitated because God removed the desire in me for alcohol. I still remember the day when with a specific friend, God ended our journey and he said to me, this will be the last. You will go a different way and he will go a different way. Walking with this friend and the life that this friend was living was gonna cause me to stumble. And God just gently removed him out of my life, but I never looked back. You all have to say goodbye to things in your life if you wanna go and become what God has called you to be. There are things that will kill you that you have to say goodbye to. And none of you will escape it. Bad habits, unrepentant sin, wrong crowds and circle of friends, wrong influence, wrong behavior. You all have to arise and go and depart from it. Then, well, God's word says here, I wrote the scriptures here, lo, I am with you until the end of the age. He says, yeah, I will never leave you nor forsake you. God go before you and his glory is behind you. When you leave, you are not alone. You must know this, precious child of God. The difficult part of rising up and go is always just the first step. After that, it becomes easy because you never walk alone from that day. And when it seems to you that everything around you is not working, that all the doors are closing, that all the windows of opportunity have come against you and there's no way out, then you must know this. Whilst every door and window may be closed, the heavens are never closed. The heavens are always open. God will always take care of you. When we get to the last one where we speak of, uh, uh, where Joseph returned 
now with Jesus and with Mary back, not to Bethlehem, but to Nazareth. It says, return to the land of Israel. When you are ready, God will send you back. He will send you out. No, he will not send you to the places of old, of familiarity. Those things are behind you. When Joseph was, was coming back, he was not going to go to Bethlehem. He was sent to Nazareth. Things would be different. He was a changed person. God helped them, persevered them, and strengthened them, as God will do for you. When you will take up that place where God says, go now to the place that I send you, because there you will be fruitful. There I will use you. And you must never be afraid that God can use you. Never. Don't use any excuse. Don't disqualify yourself. And especially those of you who think that you are too old. I want to give you some facts and statistics. I always like to back up things with, with facts and statistics. A study in the USA found this. The most productive stage of the human being is between the age of 60 and 70. The second most productive age, 70 to 80. And the third most productive age, 50 to 60. So all of us have got life still waiting for us. This is proven, and I'll give you some facts why they say this. Because the average age of Nobel, pre, Nobel Prize winners is 62 years. The average age of presidents of prominent companies in the world, the average age is 63. The age, average-wise, of all world leaders is 62 years old. Of African leaders on our continent, the average age of those leaders are 70 plus. The average age of the pastors of, of the 100 largest churches in America is 71. The best years of your life, it is found, is between 60 and 80. Now, just to back this up, Two witnesses, the Word of God says. Another study, the New England Journal of Medicine found that at 60, people reach their top potential, and that lasts between 60 and 80. Between 60 and 70 is your best years, and your second best between 70 and 80. Guess Whoa, guess what? Guess what? Amen. The prime of my life and yours is still to come. Because God can do anything through us. And if we just want to use age, there's so much more awaiting for us. I close then with the last, the reference then of these three dreams, how they relate to our Lord Jesus Christ. As Joseph left, oh, sorry, as Joseph was told not to leave his wife, God sent his son to become the groom so that we as the bride would never leave the groom. In fact, the groom, our Lord Jesus, would lay down his life. He would pay a price, but he would not separate himself from you. As Joseph left for Egypt, that which was familiar, his family, his birthplace, the things that he loved, so our Lord Jesus had to leave this earth after he fulfilled his commission, dying in the flesh, rose again and ascended to heaven. And just as Joseph was sent back to return, not to the same place, but to a different place for a different people, so our Lord Jesus Christ is coming again when he raptures the church. He's not coming for the world. He's coming for an elect, the body of Christ, a certain people holy unto him. How wonderful is this? I close off with this quickly. The greatest thing about this scripture concerning Joseph is found in the very first words that the angel speaks to him in Matthew 20, verses 1. Joseph, son of David. 
Joseph, son of David. In there, God says everything about Joseph. His past, his present, and his future. And through Scripture, God confirms through the genealogy of Jesus Christ, your past, your present, and your future. And I'm sure they're going to prove it to you, because you must never believe what I say. You must always test it with what Scripture says. God works through numbers. We all know this. The number seven in God's word is the number for divine perfect perfection. Divine perfection. God's perfect will and his perfect plan for your life. Now, the genealogy of Jesus Christ is found in the book of Matthew as well as in the book of Luke, given through different perspectives. One from Adam until the birth of Christ and the other one from Abraham uh, to the birth of Christ. Luke's version gives 77 generations, whereas Matthew's version gives 42 generations. When you take the seventh generation of each of these genealogies, you will see an amazing thing that God says. Can I ask that they put up the first slide for me? And I just want to prove this to you. If you look at what is said in the book of Matthew, God speaking to us through every seventh generation according to the lineage of Christ by virtue of Matthew's account. You look at the names on the left-hand column of every single person and what those names mean. Look at the message that God is telling us. He says through Abraham as he was called the father of a multitude. He says, they have become great in pride, in haughtiness. In other words, they've sinned, us, the human beings. But as God's beloved, through the power and the strength of God, God will establish and he will appoint because God will raise up one who will save for he is salvation. This is the hidden message that God gives to you and me about our past, our present, and our future. And just to test this by virtue of witness, let's go to Luke's account doing exactly the same exercise. Every seventh person, you can put up the next slide for me there. Every seventh person, the meaning of the name, look what God is saying. The self-existing, uncreated, eternal God shall come down and he descend to occupy a dwelling place here on earth, bringing to halt or delay this journey, for they have become great in pride and in haughtiness. Once again, we have sinned. But God doesn't leave us there. He says, but as God's beloved, God will add another offspring. Remember the first was going to be Adam. Now there's another. For God will save his people. Because it was asked and begged of God for a gift from God. That God will add another offspring for God to save his people. For God is salvation. Amen. This is God's word for you and for me. I close off with this. Don't go in the hour that we are in and go and divorce yourself from God. You must leave behind. Go, arise and go and walk away from the things that are holding you back from God. And when God is ready, he will send you to go and do what God has called you to do. Amen. Let's give God a praise offering. Amen. Well, I'm going to close off in prayer now, and I just want to remind you once again, Friday night here, 6 o'clock. We love to see you all year, and I, for one, am so intrigued to hear what God has been saying to Pastor Harold through the prophetic word and what is, what is lying ahead. You are a chosen and an elected and a blessed people, because in this church, God speaks through the gift of prophecy. Many churches don't do that or believe that. You must know how privileged you are so that you can be prepared and equipped for what is lying ahead. Please bow your heads as I close for us in prayer. Heavenly Father, truly, time goes so quickly.
when the Spirit of God gets hold of one. And Lord, this message that you spoke, I pray that it will only glorify you, Lord, that you would be lifted up by. And thank you for this reassurance, Lord, that we are anchored in you, that in your genealogy, Lord Jesus Christ, our past, our present, and our future is very clear. It is Christ in us, the hope of glory. Bless these people, Lord, as we go our separate ways. Bless them for the days that are lying ahead. Help us to keep our eyes upon you, so that in all of this, Lord, that you may be lifted up high, for Christ reigns eternally in us and through us. May the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, reside in us always. Anoint our lips. Fill us with the anointing of your Holy Spirit always and wherever we are. And send your holy angels charged concerning us, Father, that they may go before us, make the mountains plain, and that we may know, Lord, that we are a fearful sight in the eyes of the enemy, and that no weapon formed against us ever will prosper, because it's Christ Jesus who reigns in us. May you be glorified, Father, and therefore may every person here go in the peace of the Lord. I pray this in the holy name of Jesus Christ, and we all agree and we say, Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming and really going the peace of God. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.